This week's Comedy Zone podcast is presented by International Podcast Day, September 30th, 2016. Uh, you can commemorate your favorite podcast by telling a couple friends about them and following International Podcast Day on Twitter. It lets you know all kinds of cool podcast events and other things coming up in the world of podcasting. You like podcasts, right? Tell two friends about International Podcast Day. From the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone Podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast and email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your hosts, Will Jacobs and Sammy Joe Francis. Oh, yes, I'm here again with Brian, but this time... We have um, put Will in a bubble, and we have him traveling all over the U.S. because he's, his comedy is highly infectious. Will, where the hell are you? Turn up! <laughs> <laughs> I'm, in, uh, I'm in near Harrisburg, Pennsylvania right now. Well, just sightseeing all up and down the East Coast. That's right. Yeah, I had to go up. I had to rush up to... New Jersey to I have these like continuing legal education classes I have to take so you went up to New Jersey for ass uh, yeah yeah it was so I could keep my job yeah okay because because if I'm not if I don't do these certifications they like snatch my license to practice oh yeah so yeah and they were snatching it Monday so I had to come up rush up here yeah the the deadline kind of snuck up on me it was real crazy did it sneak so, up on you, or were you procrastinating? I mean, I prefer not to go too into detail about... Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It snuck up on you, for sure. It was like a ninja. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I had, to, I had to go up and take this thing and, and get my certification. But it worked out. I'm good. So now I'm headed to Virginia, because I got a show in Virginia tonight. Oh, so, that's exciting. Where in Virginia? I'm in Lynchburg, Virginia. Ooh, careful. Now, yeah, be, this, be careful over there. This, this, this has been a strange couple of weeks because last week I was all through the South. I was in, uh, let's see, Lexington, South Carolina, Augusta, Georgia, Columbus, Georgia. At the end of the week, I was in, uh, what do you call it, Fort Walton Beach, Florida. But then uh, Friday, I was in Cottonwood, Cotton, what is it, Cotton, uh, Cottonwood, Alabama. So you're going now, from Cottonwood to Lynchburg, <laughs> buddy. This is like the underground. I, I'm on the underground railroad tour. <laughs> Seriously, this is a whole different kind of comedy tour. Are you like, picking up any new twenties while you're there? <laughs> I yo, it's crazy. Like I just need to get up north. That's the only thing I'm yeah, looking for. Yeah, that's, that's really right. you why you went. You're gonna pop up in like Illinois on Monday, and you'll this, be fine. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. It's, it's, it's completely wild, but. I love the crowd in Cottonwood, and it's funny because even they felt funny about the name because I'd be asking, like, what's the name? And they'd be like, well, we're right near such and such. They don't even like saying it. I'm right. like, yeah, if the people that live there don't like saying it, just change, change the name. Change the shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But now I'm in, I'm in Lynchburg tonight for a uh, breast cancer charity benefit. Oh, good. So, for Su- yeah, Susan G. Coleman. I love working with that. Love, love, love these and shows. That's because you love breasts. So, well. I, I mean, love, let's be well, real. I love supporting the cause, man. You know, right. I lost my mother to breast cancer, and yeah. I've had a lot of it in my family. So I love that you can give back, though, via comedy. You know, I love that you're doing that. That's awesome. 
because it, it has yeah, a yeah, double I'm, meaning for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's a real <laughs> it's a real good thing. So I mean, I don't want to um, dampen your spirits, but I've got some bad news for you. Bad news? Hold on. What? What bad news? I haven't seen you in like a month, so we're broken up. You're no longer what? my work husband. I want nothing to do. Don't give me my house key back and don't call me ever again. <laughs> oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I expect well, flowers killing, to be waiting I, at my door. I'm killing whoever the next one is. <laughs> That's the spirit. I'll tell Daniel to hide. <laughs> Although I think he was there first, so he can't be the next one technically. Sure, yeah. Yeah. I know I feel terrible. I'm never I'm never there. What the hell? I know. I don't even I think you're like Tupac. You're like a hologram. Yeah, that's that's right. We we've heard <laughs> we've heard rumors that you exist, but the last place he was seen was Cottonwood. <laughs> Yo. It all makes I sense need, now. Hey Brian, don't be taking my name off the intro. I know you do that little slick shit. <laughs> I can't, I We're will. just gonna it's gonna be like the worst <laughs> dub ever. With your host, Brian Baltasavich, <laughs> and Sammy <laughs> Joe Francis. Sorry, that's my little passive-aggressive yeah. way of... Yes. Yeah. So what, what? now in October, you were telling me on the phone the other day, in October, you're going to... You're gonna, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm in, I'm, in the, I'm in the Bahamas for two weeks. You motherfucker. <laughs> we are done. We are over. Well, I'm going to be back for a couple weeks between this. No, it doesn't matter. You're going to the Bahamas. Like, I, it has nothing to do with it. I don't actually want to see you. I just want to be in the locations that you're going. Besides Cottonwood and Lynchburg. We could do the podcast yeah. from the Bahamas. Right. Hey, you know what? We're just going to book the trip with you. Yeah. We'll go down there and we'll just yeah. do the podcast. Yeah. And we should. We should do, a, we should do a, a podcast from the Bahamas. I'd be all with that. Yeah, I'm ready. you just book yeah. our flights and, and we'll be there. Well, if you can't make it, uh, I'll carry my recorder around and just, you know, tape all the dope shit that happens and just yeah. play it on the podcast. I don't know if I've told you today, uh, I hate you. So as long as you, if, <laughs> you've got that daily dose of hate. Yeah. I feel like we're in a rough patch right now, Sammy, but I'm, I'm we're gonna coming work back and we're going to re- repair right. our work marriage. We're going to go to counseling. It's going to be good. We're gonna go to work. Has anybody ever been to counseling for work for a work <laughs> for a work husband? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't. Well, you know, there was one time I was working in this attorney sweatshop, and I had a fan on, and the guy across from me got an attitude, and I feel like we needed counseling. <laughs> Hold on, are me and Brian gay work married? Uh, maybe not in North Carolina because we don't. We yeah, don't no, like we that can't do that. Equality. Yeah. Maybe, maybe in Lynchburg. <laughs> You know, they're all very forgiving in the sun. I feel like the chances decrease in Lynchburg. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. I, I, well, it'll be, uh, I was hoping to be there this week. I really was. Yeah, you know uh, what? But, you, you, know. you just sound like the the absent father. Like, look, I really wanted to make it this week. But I, I've got a present in the mail for you. Yeah, I'll be, be there. I'll be there next time, son. Right. Yeah. I'll be there do for I, your next do game. I <laughs> Do I sound like Will Smith's dad on Fresh Prince? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, and I don't. I don't even have an Uncle Phil to like make me feel better. We're gonna make Brian play Uncle Phil. Well, I, I, I part of this comedy thing I'm realizing is like you're kind of like part truck driver, like you're just oh, driving yeah. all the time. Like so much of it is driving. Are you stopping at the truck stops though? Because that's <laughs> that might be I'll dangerous in Lynchburg. No, I'll mess with them truck stops. No? What if you need a shower? They've got nah. showers. 
I just licked myself like my cat in the car. Oh, that, thank you for that visual. Yeah. And we're going to wrap it up. Who, I, um, I just licked my pits. <laughs> That's impressive. Are you, uh, are you in Lynchburg all weekend? No, I'm just there for the one night. That's a benefit and then I'm to back That's in right. town. Yeah, the next day. Oh, so you conveniently got a show for charity on the day that we record. Hmm. Huh. Huh. <laughs> Something's afoot. Yep. Well, well, I need Brian to smoke another butt. I've been listening to these podcasts, and I meant to say. You know what's crazy I, is the I last one. I him talk about it, but he don't come in with no bag. No, he did. Last one, we got three bags. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you serious? <laughs> no. He doesn't. Oh. He doesn't share his meat with anybody but us. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> and maybe Tara. Oh wait, are you here next weekend? I'm there next weekend. Yes, I am for sure. Don't you do for it to sure. me? Sure. Okay. For absolutely one hundred percent sure. God, I might have balloons for you when you get back. <laughs> Yo, that would be crazy. We could really turn up. Like, let's just make it a big party. I'm so. gonna pop a bottle of sparkling grape juice. <laughs> And the Detroit Lions won a game, so we really need to do some shit. That's right. In spite of their and, best efforts to not wait, win, didn't the Eagles yeah. win too? The, the Eagles actually looked pretty good. Yeah. Right. All yeah. three of all three of us. Well, oh, oh, nope. Two <laughs> out of three. Well, you know. No, no. Listen, my brother texted me after the game, and he was like, "That's what happens when uh, Sammy Joe doesn't work for your team anymore." That's true. I was like, "Ooh, touche." Mm. That's true. Mm. Mm-hmm. And yep. how about this? Got a point. The fucking Tampa Bay Bucks are leading the NFC South right now. They I look- know it's only after one, but I'm like, are you shitting me? Who would have called that? <laughs> Jameis Winston looked really good at Atlanta. Yeah. Anybody looks That's good kind against of Atlanta. A shocker. Fair enough. But it was but, at Atlanta, which yeah, is tough. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that, that yeah, that that we'll see. The, the league is changing. I hope Carolina can make it back. I know hey, we can't, so I'll go ahead and hope Carolina can. We never started a fantasy football league. No, okay? we didn't. and I tagged you guys in the one that I did start. So Bob is playing. I, I, I'm in it. You're in what? Your fantasy football league. What's your name? Bison Crew. No, that's you. <laughs> yeah, that's my name across all leagues. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, good. So uh, we're playing each other this week. <laughs> oh, shit. Hey, uh, that's my, that's thanks, my Decker, Elliot. for going Bison off crew. last night. Eric yeah. Decker you know did what? well for Eric Decker. Yeah. Got me some nice points. Oh, that's night. a bad boy. That's a bad man. Um, did you, do you know what my name is on the fantasy football? Uh, what is it? Uh, Tiny Stony Cone? What is it? No. <laughs> Spunky piney, spunky piney girl. No, um, it is Good D and Big Sacks. So that's who you're playing. Yo. Jesus <laughs> yeah, yeah. We are. Oh, I'm not playing you this week. I'm playing someone else. Womp womp. But uh, yeah, I'm one and I'm one and I plan on making the playoffs. Um, you and me both. Listen, the most important game was last week because I beat Daniel. Bragging uh-huh. rights. There you go. That helps. Oh, you oh you played Daniel last week. Oh yeah, who'd you play? Beat that ass, huh? <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm not, I'm I'm not sure who I played last week. He's see. like I don't know, but I, I played, whooped uh, ass. I'm not sure who I played. You're playing Daniel this week. I have him this week. Yep. Tell him don't pay, don't take it personal. <laughs> well, right now he's projected at shit points, so I got to text him and tell him to get on that. I know. Was he smoking crack when he drafted that team? 
Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't in the room. I didn't get high yeah. off. It was on a secondhand crack high because my team's great. This seems unfair. Yeah, that your, he's... Team, your team is legit. Yeah. It seems unfair that? that he's not here to defend himself. I'm here for him. For the smack talk. His team well, yeah, is doing all on. Talking, Well, <laughs> it was, he was projected to beat me last week, but Fitzgerald went off, and I was like, yes. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's what, oh, yeah, last Fitzgerald went nuts. Nuts so all I in. played Boogie. I, I, I played, uh, who the hell? I still don't know who I played. I played Boogie Boy this week. That's Daniel. That's Daniel? Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. Tell him don't pay attention to the score. Don't even, don't even right. make that his goal. It's just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Zona you say when you're losing. 48. Zona, oh. Zona first. You beat his best, or like one of his good friends, Q. That's funny. I beat, I beat that ass. Listen, where were you on the junk talking in the fantasy chat room? I was too focused on making stellar picks. Oh, my God. He's taking it for real. It's He's not like a game. I'm people. an artist. I'm serious about my shit. I can't be losing now. But uh, Brian didn't play, so if you could just harass Brian Brian, why didn't you play, Brian? Right? I decided not to play this year. With I'm himself. Watch the games and enjoy the football for the football and – and not get all caught serious? up in the fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> Will sounds so you disappointed sorry? in you. You do sound hurt, Will. I'm sorry. Like, you just told him you didn't Did make you, the football did, team. <laughs> was, your, was your New Year's resolution to be more lame? Is that what you <laughs> no. came into the year with? I don't think it's possible. I think I pretty much topped out on the lameness. <laughs> you can go negative. It's like a Jeopardy score. You can go <laughs> negative. <laughs> you went negative. It's like golf. You can go under par. Yeah. Uh, and, Brian, you, you have negative 1,200. <laughs> That's fine. I can live with that. <laughs> you you overestimated the point bump from the smoking butt. You overestimated <laughs> that. You're you're the negative, sir. Yes. Well, what I was going to say, are you or you guys around next Sunday? Not that not this coming, but next. Uh, no, next Sunday be, I am emceeing a charity event. Sorry. Wait, like like what what time of the day? Like two or three, I think. So if if we did because it takes like nine hours, so if we were to have dinner at like six, I could make that happen. Okay. Are my dogs invited? I have a big dog that does not like little dogs. So how dare you speak of my children? I know. <laughs> All right, that's fair. <laughs> so yes. So no. Will don't bring your cats. No, I can't bring the cats. They'll eat up all the food. That's that's really his main concern. Yeah. He's like, I don't care that the dog would eat them. Yeah, they'll eat the, my nah. food. Yeah, actually, the dog you, gets got, along fine with cats. I got two Garfields up in my house. <laughs> Oh, good reference, buddy. So plan, if you can, next Sunday. Next Sunday, Will, you and your wife. All right, go ahead and say your address on the podcast so everybody uh, can show it up. It is 6892 <laughs> South Tryon. It is not 6892 South Tryon. It is 210 East Trade Street, also known as the Epicenter. <laughs> you can find <laughs> the Hooters on Trade. Somewhere like that. Um, yeah, so next Sunday, plan on it. Next Sunday evening. With the wife. Yeah, that would be good. I'm ready to come over there and uh, have some butt. We'll, we, we will make it happen next Sunday. To Jersey for good. ass and to Ryan's for butt. Yeah, we can watch the late games and smoke some butt. Oh, that would be, be fun, man. Yeah. I'm going to um, do it in the regular smoker, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, I don't play. Yeah, um, no, we're doing it in the regular you smoker. You play around? What if Will around. and I are playing each other in fantasy next week? At your house over butt. Even better. We could we could theoretically, because I have... A jello fight? <laughs> okay. That's right. that's way better than what All I was right, going to suggest. Uh, I was going to say we could record the podcast on Sunday. 
at my house. We could do that. On Sunday. Yeah, man. After the butt happened. That might be interesting. Pig butt going. Yeah. What? No, you got to do it before the butt because Will will pass out. You know he goes into food comas. That's true. Oh, I'm going He's like, oh, this pork butt is so good. Make sure you have a bed ready. Where's my room? Have a room ready. We got a room. Right. We have a room. I got got the layout. It's got padded walls. It does. And it's all white. Hey, look. When I would, hey, when I finish tearing up some butt, I need sleep first and foremost. You and every other man on the planet, okay? Tearing up a big old butt, I got to relax. It's like Sir Mix a lot. I like big butts. <laughs> right. Can't lie. Yep. I'm not and throw lie. a couple of squirrels up in that Korean barbecue box. The Kahajina. <laughs> we'll do a couple. Well, very good. See, I remember. We can do some squirrels. Oh, a couple pigeon, pigeons in there. A couple pigeons. Right. I got some squirrels, and yeah, we can do that. As long as they're not chipmunks. No, they're the those, little squirrels. those little squirrels. He's so amused by the <laughs> kahachina. kahachina. Can you bring Todd on there, too, because he's about to be my replacement? <laughs> <laughs> I'll text you later. <laughs> Hey. Um, that's what we were going to voice dub the intro to say. Yeah, Todd. Yeah. But not say his last name, just Todd yeah. and Sammy Joe Francis. <laughs> just, yeah, Todd Sammy Joe Francis. Hey, so I want to, um, okay, so last week we ran the first part of, of your marathon conversation with Craig Shoemaker. And by marathon, oh, yeah. we mean it's a full two hours. Yeah, it's, it is massive. So today we're going to run part two. Of the Craig Shoemaker okay. interview, if you can, just kind of um, explain, I guess, how that came to be, and kind of um, a little the bit, background. yeah, of of um, of Craig's background, so we have an understanding of who we're um, of who we're talking talking with. Yeah, yeah, I, I worked with Craig. Uh, we did a run to uh, Kentucky. I think we were in, near the University of Kentucky, and he's a Philly guy. He's from Philly. I'm from Chester. It was about 10 minutes out of Philly. So we knew a lot of the same people, a lot of the same stuff. Uh, so we kind of hit it off off the bat. And then uh, I think we worked together a second time or we were. Yeah, yeah. I think we ended up working together a second time. And, um, yeah, we just hit it off. And I said, well, why don't you know, because I like to put the uh, recorder in the car and have conversations, kind of like comedians Without with coffee. Him? but. You know, my version, I do find that folks are a little little more relaxed sometimes when they're just kind of riding in the car talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I said I thought it would be a good idea to uh, do a podcast, and we covered everything from race to religion to comedy to his background, my background. I mean, we run the gambit. So really, I, this is like in times, an exclusive. Uh, like, like these, you know, I think conversations like those are interesting. And, and so maybe in some ways helpful for some of the people listening. But it was a real deep convo and a funny convo and all those things when you get comics together talking. It was good. Yeah, that's good. No, it's like a, a seriously exclusive one-on-one with Craig Shoemaker, which I, I agree yeah, with you. When people don't know or don't feel like it's a question and answer, they're more relaxed yeah. and answer more freely. Right. And that's that's what it was with him. And now, you know, now he's writing for... Fuller House and, yeah. you know, doing that. Yeah, so he, he's doing his thing. And uh, he's a real good guy. And, you know, we did, uh, he, he he knows a lot of people and he's friends with a lot of people. But he's, all, he's really good friends with that Eagles 
the Eagles uh, holder, John Dornbos, who's on America's Got Talent. Right, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, he's good friends with him. So we were kind of talking with him on the phone and stuff. And so he, he's interesting, man. Craig's just an interesting cat. And, and it was fun to get to know him in that interview and, and on our trip. Wait, so let me, let me recap. Like let me recap here. So right now we're talking to you yeah. on the phone about an interview that yeah. you recorded in a car. And on that interview, you called someone on the phone. <laughs> it's meta. This is, hey, this is very like inception. In the, it goes down in the DM. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Now you. I don't think that was relevant to that. That's okay. You just Snapchat me your. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of follow Sammy's lead on that. I'm not all the way with what the kids are saying. I kind of, you know, I throw them out there, and if Sammy rejects them, I know okay, that don't go there. Right. <laughs> right. Well, at least you know the songs. Yeah. yeah. Now you've seen Craig obviously perform since you've worked with him. What, what I would say of the comics that I've seen perform live, which is a lot, you know, here at the Comedy Zone and and in other places, he he holds a room almost like nobody I've I've ever seen, and he goes on a long time. And and what he does to a room, I mean, it's really, um, it's 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 incredible to watch him just you know control a room full of people yeah he he establishes this connection and they go on like this journey with him yeah. and it's it's different particularly as the feature form because number one there's no mc so really you're the opener uh you know opener as much as a feature and, and i'm used to doing about a half hour and when i met him he was like oh my you know my person opener feature does 10 minutes i'm like 10 minutes <laughs> but then i check with the club and i'm like i get paid the same <laughs> and they were like yeah i'm like okay i'm just making sure so 10 minutes it is so <laughs> I, I i just did that and just chilled and enjoyed the show yeah <laughs> i yeah. basically got paid to come to his show um but i talked to him a lot and learned a lot from him but you're absolutely right it doesn't even, and it doesn't feel like it's an hour and a half. No, it doesn't. No, and he just wrecks but the room for an hour and a half. He get, he gets them, and they just come with him, and that's the space that he um, that he flourishes in. Yeah. And I, you got to see it to believe it in some way. But yeah, man, you're absolutely right. He, it's like I don't even. He just holds court for an hour and a half, and yeah. people are just in. They're in on it. So it's a lot to learn from that. It's pretty cool. All right. Well, um, because we've talked so much about it, I don't want to hold hold the suspense any hold longer. Um, so, Will, have an awesome weekend. Um, because Thank I you, won't Sarah. see you this weekend, but have a good show tonight. Uh, supporting Susan G. Komen, um, Cure for Breast Cancer charity in Lynchburg. And if you're in the area of Lynchburg, go see Will. Please, yeah. please don't uh, yeah. do anything that's mentioned in the title of the city. Um, yeah, and, make, and, and help make sure I get out of there safely. Right. <laughs> if if you could just be temporary uh, bodyguards for Will, we would appreciate that. Yeah. We may even sign you a, or send you a signed headshot. Anyways, um, Will, I love you. I can't wait to see you uh, next Sunday for some butt with Brian. Yes, I love you back. And I just want to say I've been listening to every episode that I've Uh-oh. been gone for. Oh, shit. Y'all have been doing a phenomenal job. It's still funny, it's still crazy. I just wish I could have been there for him, but y'all are y'all are holding down the fort like like unbelievable. Well, this so, is our last week holding down y'all. the fort, so you get your ass <laughs> yeah, back right, here, okay? Right. 
Yeah, don't fire me, Brian. Don't fire me. I'm not going to fire you yet. No, don't worry about that. Nice. So next right. Sunday for butt, but next Friday for the podcast. Sure. All right. Yes, indeed. Deal. Booty and podcast. Let's get it. <laughs> Bye, Will. And uh, coming up, we have Craig Shoemaker, so stick around. Uh, hey, Sammy Joe. That was a lot of bass. That was, well, you know, I'm all about that bass. All about that bass. <laughs> about that bass. Hey, some really awesome shows coming up uh, at the Comedy Zone in the month of September. There are. Well, it's because the month of September is awesome. This uh, weekend, for example, starting, if you're listening to the show on the day the show comes out, on Friday, uh, the, uh, let's call it the 16th, because that's what it is, through the 19th, through Sunday, uh, Sinbad. Yes. This weekend. But get uh, your tickets now because that those are going to sell out. Yeah, I can tell Guaranteed. you the Saturday early shows already sold out. Uh, so, yeah, if you have any intentions of seeing Sinbad at the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina this weekend, call now. Go to the website right now. Get your tickets right now. These tickets are moving fast. So Sinbad is here uh, this weekend, and that is going to be awesome. Uh, Monday the 19th, the uh, Comedy Zone stand-up comedy class has their graduation ceremony. That's always a really good time. That's Monday the 19th. The season finale of Fight Night on the 20th. Find out who the big winner is. Local favorite Spanky Brown is here one night only on the 21st. Uh, That's uh, Wednesday. And uh, the 22nd through the 25th. So that's Thursday through uh, Sunday from Rodney... uh, (laughs) This is really going well. No, this is great. From... Tyler Perry's oh. Medea movies. Okay. And also off the chain on Bounce, uh, Rodney Perry okay. is here. So that's uh, Thursday through Sunday, the 22nd through the 25th. And then uh, legendary comedian Bobby Collins comes back to the Comedy Zone the 29th, 30th, and 31st. But so they've also got something special coming up on Tuesday, I believe, right? Defending Dreams Charity? Uh, With Thomas yes, Davis actually, the, and the, uh, Kelly Thomas Davis. Thomas Davis event is uh, September 27th, featuring headliner Rodney Perry. So Rodney Perry oh, will be back okay, that weekend. Oh, okay, he's doing that one. But the uh, the Thomas Davis event, always a great time, always sells out too. Raises money for their charity, which is Defending Dreams. Awesome charity. <laughs> they help so many kids locally, and they also help kids um, back in their hometown of Georgia. Absolutely, yeah. So check with the, uh, the Comedy Our Zone box. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, it should be awesome. So make sure you get those tickets now. And if I didn't get all that, where can I get that information again? You can contact the box office at 980-321-4702. That number again, 980-321-4702. Check out the Comedy Zone website at cltcomedyzone.com. Find the Comedy Zone on social media at Comedy Zone CLT on the Instagram and the Twitter. And of course, on Facebook, just search for Comedy Zone CLT. Got it? Yeah. Excellent. As for the podcast, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Play Music, uh, SoundCloud, everywhere that you get a podcast, you can find our podcast. That's right, because we're awesome. Right. So also follow the podcast on Twitter at uh, the CZ Podcast. You can hear Sammy Joe, not here, but you can follow her tweets. Sometimes you can hear me. And whatnot. I scream at my Twitter. (laughs) It's at Sammy on air. You can find Will on the road as always, but also at. I am, I am Will, Will Jacobs. Jacobs, correct. And if you want it, I'm at NC Balto 72. Will Jacobs in uh, Lynchburg, West Virginia, or Lynchburg, Virginia. But back in Charlotte next weekend. Say, Thank God. Back in Charlotte next weekend for the big podcast. Uh, next weekend, we'll probably get Rodney Perry uh, next weekend for the show as well. So anyway, 
Uh, tell two friends about us. It's the best way and to help the tell show friends. continue to grow. Thanks again for tuning in, everyone. And we'll uh, see you next week. the interview with Craig Shoemaker is Continues. coming up next. International Podcast Day is September 30th, and you can help spread the word. International Podcast Day is dedicated to promoting podcasting worldwide. You may be asking, what can I do to get involved? It's pretty simple. First, head over to internationalpodcastday.com and check the suggestions. Second, use hashtag podcast day to join in the conversation. Remember September 30th. Now, let's start the conversation. I felt judgment last night if I ever dropped an F-bomb in the South. Imagine, imagine if I went up there and go, hello, I'm, I'm gay, and I'm going to drop F-bombs, and I'm going to talk about body parts. And I'll tell you, Craig, the hypocrisy I'd be thrown out of there. The hypocrisy kills you because oh, some of these same places where you can't say the F-bomb, they won't take the Confederate flag down. By the way, I just saw gas. It's, we're going through South Carolina now. Yeah. I just saw gas for a dollar thirty-three. Are you kidding me? I blame Obama. I blame Obama for that. I blame him for these low prices. Where are those people now? Then, by the way, they blame they blame him for for the high gas prices. Obama kissed my gas. I haven't seen one sign recently about that. I always wonder, you know, in the in the in the vein of righteousness and people being right. Yeah, we always hear uh, from a certain ilk. You'll hear, "I'm not an apologist." You know, like, what, what would be wrong with that? To me, that's what the Bible does teach: is humility. You, t- you learn humility, and it's a great lesson in life. I've had the greatest victories from being humble and admitting my faults, admitting my wrongs, admitting husband. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh my God, it's the greatest thing. So why would you not apologize to another country? How about the same people that were saying, let's go to Iraq and invade there, and they're all behind, everybody's behind it. Where are the people now going, that wasn't a good idea. Let's say we're sorry. Let's make amends for this. There's none. There's nobody doing that. I, I, I said from day one, by the way, and boy, did I catch hell for I had a guy, he jacked, practically jacked me up at a bar, at, at the Punchline, actually, in Atlanta. He was the bartender. He went nuts. You go kiss Saddam Hussein's flag, you traitor. He went, I said, how about we just wait a minute? I don't think they're coming to get us tomorrow. Why don't we just wait? Hold off here. Let's get a plan. I said that in the beginning, and they were furious with me because I don't go along. I don't go along with the fear monger. You think for yourself. I think for myself, and I, my thoughts were, logically, I said, this is probably not a good idea. And then people would fight me on it. I want to know where they are today. Like, are they still going down with the ship and going, no, there's no way there's a hole in this thing. You know what I mean? I just, they take it all the way with righteousness. People cannot admit. You know what? Because it was never, it was never based in logic. It wasn't Dude, based in it logic. changed all the time. So when the new information changed, they just ran to another point. That's exactly right. They because pulled it, focus. Right. They just pulled, okay, well, then, the lemmings yeah. to go, here, go to that cliff. Right. Yeah, come on that cliff. Come on, come on this one. Exactly. That's, and that's how that's how our that's how they operate. You know, that's how the whole all these institutions, it's how they operate from, from oppression. Right. You know, and, you know, so anyway, so you just started going to church. Yeah. Yeah. And what Bible is it? It's the, is it uh, the King James? No, I think it's the uh, I don't know. It's just it's 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 a new international version. And it's a split between the New International and the King James. You know what I always thought to myself, how they would recruit? Now, I'm a big God guy, but not a big religious guy. Mm-hmm. Big difference for me. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, 
religion, I think a lot of people are motivated. They're motivated by a fear of that they'll go to hell. And hell yeah. I think, I think yeah. spirituality is for people that have already been there. Uh, like, I've been to hell in my life. I've had a lot of hell. You know, adversity, difficulties. You know, they kidnapped and molested. That was one of the worst. But there's the subsequent things that happened with my mom afterwards, you know, not supporting me through that and, you know, making me ignore it, which made me really suffer because I wasn't able to get it out. All those kind of things. It was very toxic and I didn't enjoy my life. But a spirit, a light, lifted me out. Whereas religion, it seems like a repetition of things that some, and they seem to contradict one another. You know, like we're going to war for religion and yet it says, thou shalt not kill. Makes no sense to me. Right. No one's ever made sense of it for me. You have guys that are <laughs> competing for office right now holding Bibles and I'm going, well, which verse are you going with here when you're saying, let's go carpet bomb? Right. I don't think Jesus ever would have said carpet bomb. Yeah. And it's in pray for your enemies is what I, are they doing that? And that's the thing that's so lemming-like for me is that people in the audience go, yeah, you're for the Bible. Right. Well, what parts of the Bible are motivating you? Are you feeling good about it? So my question to you is, what parts of the Bible of what you're reading resonate with you? I think uh, some of the parts are just those sort of themes of I'm really motivated by how you read about how Christ treated people. Yeah, the Christ consciousness. The Christ the consciousness, that agape life. Yes. I'm very into that idea. Yes. And, and I, you know, so... Me too. You know, that's how I try to lead my life. I, I haven't read a lot of passages where, you know, I mean, you see Christ in the Bible with all sorts of people. And it, it, so it was never for him, at least from what I see, it was never as much. I mean, God has, you know, the things laid out in there, but it seemed to be you can attract more people by living a certain kind of life than you can by trying to dictate and telling people this is what you should do, you shouldn't do this. It's just like, look, God is directing my life and I'm in a much better place than I used to be. That's the best advertisement for, you know, uh, religion or my religion or anything else. So I just, just leading a life where for towards, towards good and for me, you know, that's where it comes from. And some of it is the tradition. Some of it is my family. Some, I mean, this is the same stuff that powered the civil rights movement. This is the same stuff that exactly. powered and motivated King. Give me some of that juice. Like right. that's, you know, th- those sorts of, of things I like tapping into. Right. You know, so there's a strength to it, um, you know, for me also. So, and I try not to mix up the concepts with the messengers, with the people that are judgmental. Cause that was one of my big turnoffs church was how many people were so judgmental oh jeez and it was just so inconsistent it was picking and choosing and it was bashing people while not looking at themselves and I never liked that but I got to a place where I didn't get caught up in the messengers I'm more into the message and my interpretation of it so and and finding the the, the, finding the messages that um, connect with your heart yes as opposed to to connect with your rage. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I think I think Old Testament is more about that. Oh, oh, a lot of rage in there. Yeah, a lot of rage, a lot of revenge. But if these people are preaching about Jesus, then what's the message you're getting? Right. It ain't that. 
That's what bothers me. Yep. And then there's even a proviso put in there, can't talk about politics or religion. Boy, how clever is that to not have a dialogue? Then we accept that too. We accept that mindlessly. We just go, okay, I can't talk about politics or religion at the dinner table or anywhere else. So they have, that's the perfect way for them to keep us oppressed because now you, in the standards of living, you can't talk about this. You ever think about how crazy that is? Oh, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things. There's a, I mean, you've, you've had people use the Bible to justify slavery. You've had the people use the Bible to justify all sorts of heinous stuff. But that's more about those individuals than it is. The concepts are pretty clear, you know, generally. There's a general theme. Treat people well. That's the general theme of most of these religions. And, you know, people stray away from that when they, when they use it for, for awful stuff. I had an atheist on my show and I like to talk to him on my podcast. What podcast was that? Um, it's not on right now. Craig mm-hmm. Shoemaker show. Mm-hmm. Sounds a lot better when I don't have a tasting cake on my mouth. <laughs> I had to have one. So I had this comedian on who's a, um, an atheist. I wanted to talk to him because the one thing I don't think is really discussed is what's between atheist, agnostic, and religious. Those are the people, I'm one of them, that are not spoken to. Uh, like on Bill Maher's show. Like Bill Maher is an atheist, but he only has, oh, you're either atheist or you're crazy religious person, right? Then you believe in Noah swallowed, was swallowed by a whale, you believe in the ark and all that kind of stuff. So he gets to do that and make fun. But I go, well, what about, I find him to be very spiritual. Do you know why? Because he tells the truth. He tells his truth. He says, I don't like kids. I admire him for that. I love my children, but I think it's great that there's a person who admits it, not being socially correct. And he's going, no, I don't like kids. To me, that's spiritual because you're honest. So, again, it goes back to what, kind of what you were saying. It's like live a life ethically morally heart filled and there's your God as opposed to being instructed on what sin is and judgment that's the irony is people are judging your sins when it should be you yourself and your connection with the higher power or then you're judging whether you're off base and hurting someone for instance but I mean you know but too I don't think I think you can believe in sins and you can believe in some of the doctrine and that doesn't necessarily have to affect how you treat people I could believe homosexuality is a sin that doesn't mean I have to treat homosexuals a certain way okay well why do you believe it's a sin God said it was a sin God where the Bible Who's the, who wrote the Bible there wasn't some guy with a big pen it wasn't some mysterious thing with a big pen. How did, how did God write the Bible? Well, I mean, neither one of us were there, so your take on it isn't any more whatever the mine is. Yeah, but, but, but who was there? I mean, if you go back to the Bible, okay, just go back to the Bible. Who do you think wrote it? Like, literally wrote it. The apostles. Who wrote 
put it in the Bible form that you're reading today? Who wrote it? I mean, I don't, I don't have that much interest in knowing that. Like, why? Because I can't know. <laughs> why, like, why do we bang our heads around trying to but, something unknowable? It's senseless to me. There's plenty of stuff around here that we can know that we should operate from instead but, but of having the, debates about is, shit we weren't there. What for. I'm saying is, many people know that these things are sins. They think based they on, know. That's what I'm saying is based on something they think they know. Right. But even that's the people. What I'm saying. But even the people that that's say it's point. but the people that say it's nonsense don't know either. That's the point. You got your even what you're saying right now. I never is said a it was nonsense. It I could, never said it was nonsense. I asked you a question. No, no. Okay, but even said, if you're not you believe, right? And I'm saying, and then, but I mean, you could not. You could say that you didn't say it's nonsense, but when you go, I mean, it's like a guy sitting there with a big pen. Yeah, you're alluding right. to that. No, I, I'm there's asking tone, you. There's everything no, else. Okay, but I'm asking you, what did it? I really would love. To I know. said the apostles, and he said, "Come on." No, but I said the apostles. I said no, but no, I did not say come What'd on. What did you said, say? We can, you could play it back. I said who actually wrote this Bible you say, that you read? Right. Is what you, I said. You said you think there's a guy there with a big pen? I said that too. Yes. Is there a guy like this deity? With a pen, with a quill. It would have been a quill. But, but it, or now, a chisel. Now, man. 10 minutes ago in this conversation, yeah, what? we talked about how I just started reading the Bible. Okay. And then you would ask me, who wrote the Bible? Well, I'm, I'm not to I'm, that chapter. I'm asking, though. <laughs> if you, look, if I read a book, if I read The Art of the Deal, I know that okay. Donald Trump wrote it. Yeah, right? I, I, right? It's like a guy saying, <laughs> I, I just started rooting for the Eagles. Tell me about Norm Van Brocklin. It's not like that. It's not like that. I just started taking my Norm Van Brocklin, you could go to a video and say, oh, he played for the Eagles. Oh, you can't free. go to a video. There's the apostle writing my, on his quill. Call my pastor. You know, he no call, video. Call my pastor on speakerphone and let him tell you. I don't know. You got no video of this. There's no video. <laughs> yeah, there is trust, no video. You have to trust that it happened. Yes. If you ask me about the Eagles, I will show you an eagle <laughs> on film. Vince Papali making a tackle. <laughs> Even though it was Mark Wahlberg. But, but no, what I'm saying is... Yeah, yeah. Is, 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 is an ex- I understand extension of belief. I believe in a higher power. I believe in a higher power. And where's your evidence of that? My evidence is, is, is what's taken place in my life when I've turned things over to a higher power. I've had many, 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 many examples. I could go on and on about evidence of a higher source at play, including being kind to someone and having that karmically come back to me. But an atheist it's called would karma. say that's just coincidence. That's life. That things ebb and flow. That's right. That's what they would call it. But then, which is fine. That's what I'm trying to say. When I had right. the atheist on, I'm going. You're just, it's a semantics question. You are spiritual if you live a life of being a good person. Now, if the atheist was going, I'm going to kill you and I have no feeling because I have no God, then... then Hold on. So, so then what you're saying is a devil worshiper isn't spiritual? A devil worshiper? I don't know the answer to that. Because if your thing is spiritual means good... It's a spirit within you, right? So you're, I'm, oh, so you're saying if a bad is a great conversation. If a bad spirit is within you, is that not spiritual? Manson claimed I've never the spirit been, told I, him to kill people. I've never been asked that question, and I would imagine that yes, if that's what you're answering to, then if that's your spirit, then that's your spirit. I, I personally don't think it's great for life. <laughs> if it takes life, it's not great for life. But if that's your spirit, then that's what runs you. My thing is, whatever keeps the next guy from breaking into my car, 
Yeah, you're really paranoid about the car. Folks, he put everything in the trunk. I had to put mine in the back seat because he doesn't care about my luggage. Whatever keeps people from... guys from Philly, or Chester, excuse me. Yeah, that's right. Whatever keeps people from doing bad shit, I'm good for them. Well, that's that's uh, exactly. I, that's a wonderful thing, but, you know, and some people... What I'm saying is some people need uh, more guidance than others. And some people need to be told absolutely empower a person. That's what my point is. Mm. I think my belief is, and I've had this happen again many times in my evidence gathering, I think that we all have the power within. That our God is within every, our spirit is within every one of us. And we're born pure of spirit. We come out pure of spirit. Things happen in the meantime, but it's all about discovering and allowing that light to shine. Back to comedy. That's what my purpose is. My purpose is to allow this reflection, this these, this wonderful journey that I've experienced, allow it to come out there and present it to the world in some form or fashion. It could be from a comedy club. It could be from the last book. I wrote a book, you know, called Love Mastered, and it's really it's called a digital journey to love and happiness, and, and that's what came out of me. It came out in a different form. It didn't come out in jokes. It came out in, this is who Craig is. But this is the Craig that's connected with that higher source more than I was before when I was in the ego or getting over or getting by or screwing or whatever it was that detached me from this true self. Authentic self is God to me. So then what is your role? I mean, in terms of... I'm a vehicle. As a comedian, right. So, so as a comedian, you see yourself as a vehicle. Yes. I'm a vehicle For to, what? I'm a vehicle to help people become inspired, whether that ends up in a laugh, whether that ends up in them having uh, sex later, which they do. By the way, a lot of kids have been bored after my shows because every guy tries to be the love master. I've had people... That they were saying that after the show in May. Uh, exactly. They were like, oh, yeah, I'm going to use that one. Oh, I know. They're infertile. I've had people who were told they were infertile that have children now. They're not named after me or anything, but I had one who was conceived in the parking lot of the Brea Improv. And they showed me the baby picture, and the baby came out smiling, laughing her ass off. And, and I, I still have that photo. It's the greatest photo. It's a goofy kid who's like 14 now. But, uh, you know, conceived in the park, and I couldn't even wait till they went home to be the love master. So every guy tries, and it, what happens is, and again, I believe in this higher source, is also laughter is the greatest vehicle to get to God. Mm. It is the greatest, it's a freeway. It's a freeway. No stop signs, no nothing. It's you connected with that moment is the ultimate experience of God. We don't give it credit for it, though. That's interesting. I always say I want to build a bridge from the woo-woo people to the ha-ha. <laughs> you know, the woo-woos who sit on a rock in Sedona, they think that's the only way to God. And then there's the comedy people that are completely detached. They just think it's about laughter. No, you're having a spiritual experience. And by the way, it's covered in the Bible, the, the Merry Heart, and all that kind of stuff. It's Buddha, the Laughing Buddha. And this is covered through centuries, but it's not explored because laughter is incongruous to what the power people want you to have. They don't want you to think on your own and have this creative flow. They don't want you to, to actually be mindful or be present. They want you to stay out of focus and, and see their magic trick as they do. Look at this hand over here while this one's screwing you. That's how they work. 
I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but this is basically how the whole system works. But laughter, we're like the court jesters, though. We're so far down the, the totem pole here. We're treated like court jesters where we should be at the, at the highest elevation. It's a real ability. I mean, it's... Well, it's, it's you tell me there's, there's no other art form where you... You produce, direct, choreograph, write, and perform. You tell me another art form you can do that. Embark it. And then who gets paid more? Actors. They're on the cover of People magazine. Yeah, you know, sexiest man alive is never carrot top of the Wayans brothers. You know, they always say women want a sense of humor. What a bunch of crack crap that is. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, oh yeah, sense of humor, my ass. But 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 the sense of humor as long as you got you know good abs and you look like Channing Tatum or whoever. You know, like a Magic Mike. So Magic Mike's got a mic and he's telling some jokes. Yeah, and then 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 I'll believe you. But, but and most of the women I've got in my life, a lot of them were because because of my sense of humor. They the might only, have thought I looked good, but that I, was the. You end. know, I'm a reverend. You know, I marry people in hajrimony. I really do. And I say the only thing that's going to sustain you through your life is a sense of humor. Because I guess what? This guy, you see a beautiful head of hair you're marrying? That thing's going to go. Yeah. You know, it's 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 going yeah, to, that, that hair is going to go. He's going to have a belly. And you better you better start laughing at the belly or you have no other chance. You're going to keep trading him in for the for the new young version? Right. No, you're not. The only thing is sustain, sustain a relationship. And that goes for my friends from kindergarten. We still go away and laugh together. A whole gang from my hometown, we laugh, and that's that's everything. That's our entire relationship is based on laughter, and it is extremely connective. It connects human beings. It's contagious, like a virus. If you watch people, watch how you can just watch people laugh. And I actually have uh, workshops that I do. I don't know if you do this. I do guided laughation, and all you, all I do with the people is start the laughter going. And the whole room is roaring, and there's no jokes told. I'm just a fun facilitator. <laughs> and, and and we get the whole thing, and you wouldn't believe how uproarious. And, and they're laughing till their cheeks and their stomachs hurt over not one bit of comedy. Because it's contagious. Just like the mob mentality for the other, you can have the mob mentality with laughter. Right. But you have to be connected to that source for that to manifest. Right. That's, All the great ones... Were, yeah. In terms of in terms of being connected to who they were and That's their right. honest perspective. That's right. Their real lives. They rose above. Laid it bare. They rose above. I don't know if you knew this, but George Carlin was a button-down comedian. Did you know that? And he was on a Tonight Show. He did sticky stuff like Hippy Dippy Weatherman, and he he wore a suit, and he was clean cut, and he did standard jokes. And he suddenly, he did the, one of the most bravest things. He said, I am I am leaving that guy. I am going to, I don't even think it was a divorce, it was a death. I'm going to kill that guy. And the album was two sides. It was him as the clean-cut guy, you turned it over as him as the hippie. Like the real hippie. Hippie Dippy Weatherman became a real hippie, and then he became a social commentator. And that's when his true work came out, was he started exposing all these things. And it was amazing. And again, I was raised, because I was a kid when he was coming up, I was raised as a kid to say, look at that hippie. Like, hippie dippy weatherman, my mom would love that, but him is the guy with the beard and with the foul language. Oh, you're out on that. You know, she wouldn't let me listen to him. I didn't appreciate him until a couple years ago. You know what I mean? A few years ago when I could be me. His daughter married me, by the way. My daughter was the 
officiant at my wedding. Really? And I had to actually, he died during my wedding. I had to go tell her because they couldn't find her. She was getting a massage. It was so innocent in Hawaii. And I had to drive her to the airport and watch all the stages of grief. It was crazy. It was so surreal to think this is the legend's daughter sharing, the, you know, sharing herself with me on you know what it's like to even be his daughter. Can you imagine that? The, the, just this guy that did go through this amazing transformation. I, it, you know, where the public got to see his transformation. Now we we talked about how long ago you started and, and how much you've seen and everything else. Did you ever experience burnout? Yeah, I I stopped. I quit for a year, nine months. I made it nine months. I said I was retiring, but now I call it rewirement. I had to rewire. Um, yeah, uh, it was not only burnout, it was just, uh, it was a number of factors. I, I definitely am burnout on the road. Like, I have people offering, us, even here in Atlanta, there was a guy who played quarterback. He said, hey, shoot, to Chris Chandler. He said, stay at my house. Like, yeah, they have like 40,000 square foot house. He goes, we won't even see you. I go, nah, nah I'm not going to stay with anybody. I'll just hole up in my hotel room and... I, I don't want to, I, I don't really, you know, hey, come see the city. Yeah, I've seen the city. I don't, I don't, I, my pleasure is with my family. And that was my destiny in life was to create what I didn't have. You know, growing up, I didn't have a loving family, a together family, and we're connected. And that's what I've, that's where I, my journey has taken me. So why in the world do I want to go stay at somebody's house or go somewhere else when I have everything I could ever dream of right in my house like Dorothy so being on the road is tough for you sometimes oh, it's, it's extended it's absolutely um, sometimes unbearable I do not like it I'm not motivated to get on stage for the same reasons because I used to be motivated to get attention get love that I wasn't getting you know from my mom or dad or whatever and, and um, or get laid even you know oh I used to think there was no way any woman was going to sleep with me unless they saw my show. My friends used to call it the comma rap. Here he goes with the comma rap. And I'd rap to them, you know, hey, perhaps you saw my show. You know, maybe you want a little piece of this fame here, you know. And I, it was my that was my shtick. And I had, that got me laid. And some women only screwed me as the love master. Wow. That was a nightmare. If ever I came out of character, whoop, sorry, I'm done. <laughs> that was wow. Greg. That was Greg who... It was Huff Puff Squirt over here. Sorry about that. <laughs> I had that happen a few times. Huff when, Puff when, Squirt. When, when Craig comes in. When I'm the love master. Oh, here's what I'm going to do. Yeah, baby. Here's what I'm gonna, oh, they go, oh, they go crazy. They love this love master because he's this, he's this confident guy. He's a confident character that is going to just absolutely make love to you in a way you've never been handled before. And we're going to just let caution to the wind. And then old Craig comes in and just ruins everything. <laughs> Hi, how's it going? <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, that's the real me. So then you came back, though. What was there? I did. Money. Money. Money and there's a few things. Money, I really do like the connection with people on the higher level of you really helped me today. You gave me a gift. When, I'm, when I get that... That feedback, I was having a miserable time. My mom just died a few hours ago. Thank you for the escape. Thank you for the reality. Thank you. you know, when I get that, then I know my purpose is being fulfilled. But it's not about me anymore. 
that's the thing is like, and that's what I don't get as nervous as I used to. I used to have panic attacks on stage. Oh, they were horrible. I mean, just I had to grab the microphone. That's when I was. If you ever see me grab a microphone, I'm having one. Wow. I would grab it with dear life, like I would choke it. So what's the feeling? I probably I'd stand with the mic and on. I um, at, the, at first I thought I was dying. So it's, it's always a feeling of dying, and I'd have uh, palp, heart palpitations, my I'd cold sweat. And by the way, so long in the business that no one, including friends of mine, including opening acts, knew I was having one at the time. It's real surreal. It's like my act is coming out of my mouth, but inside I'm dying and, and having these absolute terror feelings and um, this is it, you're going, and, and uh, now that I talked about it, it's going to happen again tonight. Thanks for bringing it up. No, you didn't bring it up. <laughs> but I mean, that's... What happens is it goes inside of my consciousness, and it just, uh, I, these horrible panic attacks. But I don't have them anymore, which is really nice. And I, I'm, I'm on stage for different reasons, but, but I, I'm also tired of, um, you know, some parts of my act. And then, and then the, my codependence, though, enters into it because I'm, I, I'm so concerned with what people think. And so concerned with the money they're plunking down to see me that um, I feel bad if I don't do certain bits. That's interesting. You know, like, you you saw me. I do at least 95 minutes is my show. That's a lot for any comedian. And I'll still have people going, oh, I missed that part about the F word, you know, or I missed that, I missed the, you know... Barney Fife or whatever it is. Do people ever mistake that for you being lazy? No. Or they say, oh, he's doing the same stuff he did. Well, it's like these are some of these things are people, oh, things people want. Oh, oh, mistake to not writing new material. Right, but sure. doing some of the same things they think is well, because you're lazy as opposed to well, this is what my audience. Well, the other side of it is, uh, you know, they have people that say, oh, I've seen it before. But I, even the old stuff, though, I try to brush it up or improve it. Yeah. I'm always, like, working hard at that. But to introduce new bits is very, very difficult because there's an expectation if they pay a certain amount. That's one of the, you know, dichotomies. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, here I am being paid a lot as the headliner. And as the guy you come, you come to see... And I'm, I so admire people like uh, Louis C.K. who can throw out their old act. I think Brian Regan does it. I've heard these stories. Uh, Jim Brewer does it, where they throw out their whole act. And I admire them. I don't really have the uh, codependence uh, recovery that I need yet to do that, to not care about what people think and not give them a be- a, the best of highlights. I mean, my idol is Bruce Springsteen. And he's always been my idol. And one of the reasons is he does he does his Nebraska, streets of Philadelphia, tunnel of love. But he'll also give you, you know, Born to Run. Yeah. He's going to give you Born in the USA. I mean, he's going to do those to appeal. Because that's why we're there. And I've been in his audience. And that's what i got to do. i got to, you know, Love Master's my Born to Run. 
Now, fortunately, I can change the lyrics. He can't right. change the lyrics. He can't do it. Baby, I'm born to trot. <laughs> you know, I'm born to gallop. You know, he, is, he can't change it. That is one of the stereotypes I used to have about middle-aged white guys. Or not not even necessarily middle-aged. What was your but stereotype? white guys of a certain... They I all love, love Bruce Springsteen. He's going to admit they, it now. They love Bruce Springsteen. They, oh, they yeah. love yeah, we Bruce do. Springsteen. What, Across do the to, board. Do I need to name uh, Lou Rawls while I'm at it? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'll give you a couple of black guys I love. No, I'm just saying. Most of the white Big guys. Ray I, Charles fan. Most of the white guys I knew of a certain age love Bruce Springsteen. Well, you are Across correct. the board. Yes, it is true. <laughs> However, how many comics have you talked to where that's their comedian idol is Bruce Springsteen? None. None. You're the first. All right, good. So, so I'm, at least I'm a little different than that stereotype. I'm not a typical white, middle-aged stand-up comedian when I say Springsteen. He brings it from the heels every show. He gives you everything he has. You walk out exhausted. He's personal. He's a storyteller. And he motivates you. He inspires you. That's why I want to be him. I decided that when I went to his concert when I was a kid. I said, that's what I want to do on a comedy stage. And once in a while, people have actually said, you're like the Springsteen of comedy. And I, I can only hope to be anything close to it. And you think comedy can do that? Oh, no question. I mean, that's, you know, see, my act is personal. It give me everything I have. Walk out exhausted. You know, no, comedians, like I said, don't do you know, two-hour shows. Springsteen always does over the amount that you would expect from a comedian. He doesn't use opening acts. I trim you seven minutes. So I need to blame Springsteen for me doing Springsteen seven minutes. Springsteen is the reason you got seven minutes. It might be reduced to six if we don't get there early. Well, I need to change my Twitter <laughs> post and write Springsteen instead of Shoemaker. Yeah, man. Follow the follow the boss. The boss. Plus, he's a Jersey guy. Only, can't pers- only person I've ever not met that I want to meet. Mm. I mean, he really is a hero to me. I know I'll fumble too. I know I'm just not going to be able to ever say the word. The only reason I, the only way I'd want to meet him is if he saw my act. Just like getting laid. I, I can only get laid if they saw my act. It gives me more credibility if they see the act and they go, oh, you're not just this guy with a couple Comedy Central credits here, are you? You know, I mean, it's just, it's amazing the lack of respect that comedians do get, though. It really is, it's fascinating to me. You know, TMZ. You know, Ray Romano is really funny and really successful. He's one of the, one of the top shows in the history of television. Nobody follows him on TMZ. You ever notice that? You ever see Ray Romano? Get that camera away from me. Nope. You know? <laughs> nope. No. They don't care because people... But don't follow a reality star on a show with no talent who just happens to do something negative or, you know what I mean? But that's how low we are. We're below reality people. Right. And comedians, it makes no sense. Right. It's, it, yeah, it's amazing that way. But it seems like now you're at a place with comedy where there's you found some sort of higher ground that you strive for. Yeah. You know, so I guess in that, in that aspect of it, you do have... A part of it you're in love with is just a different part. It's not... The part I'm not in love with that I'm trying to get away from, but I'm going to do it for another year at least to make money. The part I'm not in love with is bars. Mm. Because there is a space that is not 
conducive to what I would like to say on stage. And a connection you'd like to have. Exactly. Now, when they are facing you in a theater, mm. there's nothing, there's no waitress passing by, there's no check spot, yeah. there's no nothing except you and them. You are now a performer with respect. It's a whole other level of respect. And it does come closer to a play that way. When you're in a theater and you can do a one-person show, you can go five minutes without a laugh, my codependency goes out the window because I'm not thinking... So I did this. I did this one-person show, and of course, there are people who are disappointed because I did it in comedy clubs, though. Mm-hmm. But once I get this thing going, I'd like to do it in theaters. Wow! And in that way, as a one-man show, I mean, that's yes, what, I can get. Yeah. I can get. Uh, yeah, sorry, you're cut out now. Well, you know, <laughs> find something to I, do. I still probably would have somebody open those one. Person yeah, shows. bring me, man. Well, just like uh, you know, just like to say, hey, here's what's happening, and even to explain what the show is. You know, I did that before, but, you know, because it's you're not going to see Craig Shoemaker, the comedian, so take your expectations of Love Master and all that stuff, take it out. And here's the show. Just absorb it for what it is. Don't wait for the Love Master. They start screaming it and stuff, you know, because it's like, it's my greatest hit. You yeah. know, and, or machine guns, you know, they'll yell out. So, one person show, they also have an extension of belief that they don't have when you're telling jokes. They go, oh, here's a punchline coming up. Even if you say something serious, would you put some of those life experiences you talk about that you haven't absolutely gone to? That's before? the whole point. I did, I did that. The new one-person show—it's called a stand-up guy, and it's basically about my dad leaving when I was real when I was born, and not being a stand-up guy, and me in search of stand-up guys to teach me how to be a stand-up guy. And ironically, I became a stand-up guy comedian. So that's the whole blend of the show is during that search, I made some really bad choices, too, on people that aren't really stand-up guys, uh, including the pedophile that ended up to be you know, kidnapping me. And, right. And, uh, and women. I mean, you know, it's just I took a lot of paths of, with uh, empowering beliefs that these guys, even athletes... How many athletes have fallen now that we have now that we have TMZ? I mean, how many are falling? You know, with a Ray Rice video, the guy would still be in the NFL. We wouldn't have known about that. Yeah. And um, now some of these things are being exposed. Peyton Manning's being exposed. This is a guy that, by the way, I hope he's exposed just to get those commercials off the air. If I have to hear chicken parm, you know, oh, chicken parm. It tastes so. I, I absolutely. My kids it. laugh. They hide the remote from me because I dive for it. When that commercial, I die for the mute button. Get that off of there! I, I'm so disgusted with that forced humor. It's it's forced. I think he's very funny, by the way. And he's charming, great actor. He's got done some great commercials. The, the nationwide with the ping pong. I'm going to win this game. Whatever it is. Oh, it's the worst forced material. Same with that Geico crap. By the way, you know, I always think to myself, insurance companies have half of the commercials. And it's like flow, progressive, the blizzard, the caveman, you got the, the all-state guy, you got the you got the mayhem, you've got all that. The fact that I know this, what does that tell you where our premiums are going? Our money's going into their advertising to go lure you away from another insurance company. That's nuts. Who's calling them on that? I have nothing funny to say, but that was just the point it's I was true. making. What was I saying about that? I was, oh, so I... So my life would be really 
allowing even even generals, I would study generals in history, world leaders in history, and I would study how they did it in this very oppressive, bullying way, is how they would get their way, and I thought that was heroic, and I took that way, and I had no no idea what a stand-up guy really was. I thought it was a guy with manners, because that's what my mother taught me. In the meantime, it turns out, I've learned some things about my mom, you know, that wasn't so much integrity going on, and we're about a guy I thought was going to marry her, and it turns out he never would have because he was married. You know what I mean? It's like, this is what I... These are the secrets that I lived with, and um, they're not stand-up guy ways to live. These are not the ethics that I would choose to live with. So I I escaped in television. My first stand-up guy was uh, Andy Griffith. He became my idol because of the way he spoke to his son way he raised his son, and then Barney was my uncle. So they were my de facto family, my television, wow. because I was alone. Wow. I was alone so much of the time. My mom worked. And um, so that became uh, my reality, and it wasn't real. Because that wasn't real either. Talk about racists. Yeah. They didn't even have a black extra on that show. <laughs> you know what, there's such a, and there, I don't know if you ever heard this rapper, his name is J. Cole. He's from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Yeah. And uh, he just had a special on HBO, and he's got a song called No Role Models, and his first line is, he goes, first things first, rest in peace, Uncle Phil. You're the only father that I ever knew. And it reminded me of that, What you know, what you just said is that it was a television family. Who was Uncle Phil? Uncle Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Will Smith. Oh, the guy that died? Phil Avery, yeah. Oh, right, Phil oh, Avery. God. Yeah, like, I was on that show. Did you? I was on a very special episode of that show. Which one? It was actually a very special episode. It was a, it was one of those message shows about drunk driving. Yeah. Will Smith gets really drunk. Uh, he was uh, doing shots. Mm-hmm. It was also he could get uh, Tyra Banks. Yeah. And he was doing he was with the football team, and then he ends up uh, dying in a graveyard. Remember that episode? I do. Actually, Robin Quivers is in it from Howard Stern's show. Yeah. I'm the boxer, the, uh, the dead boxer that leads him into the grave thing. You know, I was like, what are these Philly guys like this? I go, the doctor said the next punch would kill me. Lucky guess. And then uh, it's like I guided Will Smith through the crypt where we were wow. playing cards and stuff like that. Yeah, that was my episode. By the way, I've never felt whiter in my life than that week. Well, because Will raps to the guests on the show. He raps beforehand to get you motivated. I looked around the room and they were like, and he's making up lyrics. And boom, 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 boom. And I'm, I'm going, oh my God, I'm trying to blend. I'm one of the few white people there. I'm trying not to do the overbite. I'm really working hard at blending, and it was not going to happen. And I'm actually very rhythmic, and I can dance pretty well, but I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not a rap guy. The hip-hop was... Never been a hip-hop guy. Never never been a hip-hop guy. I mean, I I understand like it. It was never really went that way. So it was a strange thing to me, but that's how he got you warmed up. So then you knew Uncle Phil. Well, yes. you saw him. Oh, no, I worked with him. Well, that was a really nice guy. So that's how the rap... Yeah, that's what he says. He said Uncle Phil was the only father he ever knew. And when you say you watch Andy Griffith, and that's the father you that knew... was the only dad I ever had. That is fascinating. Yeah. That and is... Then, and then, ironically, I ended up 
uh, not only getting to know Don Knotts, Barney Fife, but he had an effect on my entire career. Best impression I've ever done. First time on television, it was me winning $10,000 on America's Funniest People, imitating Don Knotts fighting the Cowardly Lion, my other idol. And then the next time on television, I guest starred on Matlock twice as the entertainment reporter in Atlanta. And Matlock was Andy Griffith and Don Knotts. Next time, big breakout in stand-up, I was on Comic Relief. It happened to be the day that Don Knotts was on with the cast of Steve Allen's show. He watched me backstage, and people said it was fascinating. Him watching me live at Universal Amphitheater, backstage, watching a monitor, he turns to Steve Allen, he, he's older, and he talks like, he goes, he does me pretty good, doesn't he, Steve? And then he says to me, you do me better than me. And I, I hung out with him all night long. They put us in a room together. I still have a photo of it. And he imparted wisdom to me, just like the uncle I thought he was. And then I looped him the movie Pleasantville. He was too sick to do the part. And I and most of the movie is my voice, uh, replacing him as the TV repairman. And he passed away a few years ago. And his daughter called me recently, and she said, uh, you know, my dad, you're one of the few comedians he really loved. And you connected with my dad. I want to interview for my book called Tied Up in Knots. And I said, wow, I'd be really honored. And then as I was talking to her, I realized what a connection I've had with this guy. And you talk about kind of like, you know, the, the big G's plan here. Here's little Craig instinctually connecting with this guy. I related to him more than any other character in history of television. I was scrawny. You know, kind of like did the bravado thing in Philly to make people afraid of me. But underneath, I'm Barney with one bullet, you know. And how ironic. Cowardly Lion, right? That's and Cowardly Lion's mother guy. You know, the, you know, the king of the forest, but I'm really just a dandelion. I always related to that. And that's organically. On the outside, you never would have known that before. Right. Again, these are discoveries that have happened. So... What a strange thing for that all to come, like, almost full circle with this Don Knotts and his daughter's working for me next week at a comedy show. And um, he was a stand-up guy to me. Andy was a stand-up guy. So I wrote this show, and it's based on me retiring and leaving stand-up because stand-up became like a mistress to me. And it was very good. I got laid plenty, you know, metaphorically and literally. Money. Made money. But I would like to move on to something much more meaningful. And that includes imparting wisdom, imparting inspiration to people with laughter. Because laughter is the great way to communicate anyway. It breaks all the barriers down. Yeah. The barriers are gone. Yeah. You know, it's that's what... I don't know how many fights you got out of. I got out of oh, fights. Oh, plenty. Right? From being yeah. funny. Yeah, fun. yeah. They say the shortest distance between two people is a laugh. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And 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 uh, it's it's the way to a children's heart, a child's heart, and it's the way to an adult's mind is is through the vehicle and avenue of laughter. I have Laughter Heals Foundation. I formed it because one of my best friends who we were only connected through laughter, he directed my first movie, the Love Master movie, and he wrote great movies like Cool Runnings and Little Giants. We're 
both from Philly, great, all about comedy and laughter, and he got brain cancer. As a matter of fact, his daughter was conceived while we were filming the movie in a condo. His wife was there. She says, I'm ovulating. We're just about to watch the Eagles play the Lions in the playoffs, about 96, I think it was. Yeah, I remember that. And we're just about to watch the game. I said, I'll go get sandwiches. You pretend you're the love master and have sex. And baby Kayla was conceived. Wow. And in love and laughter. So then, 1999, they said you have brain cancer. You have three three weeks to live. Oh, my gosh. So now she's a little baby, basically. And um, so we formed Laughter Heels. I, I formed Laughter Heels because I realized that if anything else, even if it's not true that laughter heals and it doesn't do these medicinal things, which it does, by the way, it's been proven. Even if it doesn't, to die laughing is the way to go. You want to die sad? You want to die miserable? Or you want to die with joy or some some hope? Laughter gives you hope. I have a funny story with the Eagles uh, at Phillies. It's at a Phillies game. And he, uh, he went through just all these difficult things. He went through so many difficult times with it wasn't only the brain cancer, it was blood clots and it's like seizures. He stands up to have a seizure at the Phillies game. He's standing up having a seizure. And, and the guy goes, hey, I can't see through you. Sit down. Right? In Philadelphia uh-huh. with the accent. Yep. And we're trying to whisper to them in the back. We're going, he's brain cancer. He's having a seizure. He goes, fuck the seizure. <laughs> Sit the fuck down. Good gracious. Fuck your seizure. So Philadelphia. So Philly. What we laughed about that though. We laughed, and he had to laugh because he knows that that's our team, that's our Phillies. And by the way, he lived 15 years past that prognosis. Oh wow! Uh, 15 years past his death. Wow. And uh, we had a celebration for him, and his daughter, through our celebration, finally got to know him. She only knew him as a patient, and he was in and out, death. He died at least eight times during those 15 years. But he kept making comebacks. One of the reasons, we would all get together and laugh. I mean, that gives you just reason to live. You know, we're supposed to be pursuing happiness in this country. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good note to end on, man. Laughter heals. Laughter heals. So thanks for doing this, Craig. I, I really... Really appreciate it, man. That was fun. I mean, uh, that was a how long was that? It was like two hours. Two hours, twenty minutes, folks. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you stayed with us because um, that made Will's driving a lot better to, to tolerate. <laughs> it was, yeah, that anyone, was. Does anyone comment by. on how slow a driver you are? Has anyone ever commented on that? Am I the first? There's no way I'm the first. Hey, man, I'm a brother. I can't be afford to get pulled over, man. Is that what it is? I got to play by the... Nah, I'm kidding. That's, a, I just that's drive. a smart way to look at I it. I just... I got a ticket once, man. You are a slow-ass driver. You're one of the slowest drivers I've ever seen. Yesterday, we were stuck behind a truck. Let me talk about that. Let me get my... my let me get it out. I got to... You talk about catharsis. Your podcast is out my catharsis. I even subtly said to a guy I hardly know, just like you said, I talked through my teeth, like, uh, do you mind now? 
still getting around the truck? I was like, do you mind getting around that truck? No, you stayed right behind the most giant truck I've ever been behind with zero visibility in the middle lane. You had a right lane and a left lane, but you love this fucking truck. And I was like, do I get it? He's going to think I'm some control freak, headline comedian, telling him how to drive, which is basically passive aggressively what I'm doing right now. <laughs> See, well, part of that is moving to North Carolina because when I was in Philly, I flew like everybody Did else. Did you really? Oh, yeah. You slow but down around here? You get to the Look south. To the other drivers I'm watching. They're speeding right by you. <laughs> well, driving Miss Daisy. They're not from I'm going to make gold of Miss Daisy. They're from, not from there. Oh, you mean the people that are passing us right now? By the way, he speeded up. He did speed up. We are going at a decent rate. What are you doing now? Oh, 55 and a 60. I was going 70 most of the time. You were never going yeah, 70. I've been going. looking at that speedometer. My eyes are welded on it. Oh, this. you were looking at Facebook trying to start shit on the internet. I did not do that this time. I stayed with you on the podcast. Let me tell you how many calls I ignored. Oh, man. I got Facebook posts. A lot of stuff happened during this interview. I got a producer texting me. I ignored him. I had another guy in Hawaii where I'm performing. I, I, I put a lot into this podcast. You made it. You even, made podcast gold, brother. Even though the one look I did give was how far we have to go, we still have another hour. What the? Minutes. Well, according to this, yeah. it's an hour, but they don't. They're not factoring in your timing on your <laughs> gas pedal. You see these people with the blinking lights over here? Yeah. You're going as fast as them, and they're stopped. <laughs> What's going on over here? Why are they all stopped? I don't know. Yeah, we'll get people to play by play. I Carolina make, barbecue we're passing by. They, uh, I never well, got that, by the way. Do you dig that? I know you're a Philly guy. I, you know, I laid off of that, man. I started eating better. I, Did you? I put it, I picked up too much weight. I noticed. I got married and picked up weight. Oh, I noticed you did uh, refrain from my tasty cakes I brought to you from Philadelphia. Well, I ate the one. I did eat one. That's all? Yeah, that was it. You mean I ate that whole box? Yeah. It's gone, man. Those motorcycle are gone. Well, you look like the type you don't pick up weight like that. Are you kidding me? I, I know. I major. I mean, I'm 200. I was 220 pounds. That's not. That's not lightweight. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I I did lose. I lost over 20 pounds, and then I gained about 10 back. Mm-hmm. But now this trip, it's going to go another five. Mm-hmm. First of all, I just down those tasty cakes. Second of all, I'm looking at every single barbecue place to stop. I'm, although I'm not that into that. It's a, I'm into Philly food, like cheese, cheese steaks. Yes. Pizza. And pizza. I'm, a, I'm crazy for... Do you know why the pizza's better there and the, and the cheese steaks? Do you know why? Is bread. Ever t- yeah. But do you know why the bread's better? No. Water. The water source is unique to that area mm. and has the right chemical composition. That's why we have the best soft pretzels. We have the best breads. We've got the best dough. We've got the best bagels, the best pizza, the best all of it, right? Yeah. And yeah. we're also the fattest city in the country. Yes. <laughs> and that's the water. There you have it. It's the water. I never did. People, I never knew that. Yeah, maybe these people are just retaining water from all the water inside the bread. But no, we, it's, that's why the East Coast has, because it's from that certain area, um, 
that's why the that's why those doughs are better. You go all over the country, even California, can't compare with the bread. If if they give you bread at dinner, it's only because you're really starving to eat. It's carbo loading with this crap. It's horrible. You go back east, though, you don't even need butter on it. It's so good. So far, for people for the people listening, if they go to Philly. What cheesesteak? Do you know any cheesesteak spots you still like or you remember? Oh, yes. I actually bought the rights. I was going to retire and just and open up Tony Luke's all over L.A. Oh, Tony Luke's is good. And Tony Luke's is the best. And Tony's actually a buddy of mine. I'm mentoring him in comedy now. Tony Luke? Tony Luke is now a comedian. We'll call him right after this. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see how he's doing. Oh, he's like Mr. Cocky now. He's like, hey, I got booked at uh, New Hope. What are you talking about? I created a monster here. He's telling me everywhere he's booked. He's booked in places I've never even played. He's five minutes in the business. He had the best debut in the history of comedy, in my opinion. I mentored him for a couple weeks. And by the way, during his rehearsal, he did it in front of us at dinner. We were roaring laughing how bad it was and picturing how bad he was going to bomb. He said, what's wrong with you? And we're going, oh, my. I couldn't even breathe. My eyeballs were popping out of my head, anticipating how bad he was going to bomb. But he killed it. He did really well. Mm. And, and anyway, Tony Luke's is the best cheesesteak ever. It's um, And it's mostly because of the bread. They make their own rolls, by the way. Mm. They make their own with water from that area. So there you go. All right. Well, we're going to get off here and call Tony Luke. So. All right. Thanks for doing this, Craig. You got it. All right, man. Comedy Zone podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the NC Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone podcast are Brian Hepburn, Lisa Barr, and Brian Baltashevitz. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever.